Are you stuck in a rat race of schedules, to-do lists, and other people's priorities? Maybe you can't even remember when the last time you felt fully engaged with your body, your mind, and your surroundings. If this resonates with you, then you are in the right place. I am Susan Sanders, and I'm here to teach you about sustainable productivity. Each week, I'll be coming to your ears with lessons to create a life that you can fully engage with. Some weeks will be bite-sized moments of inspiration and sharing. Other weeks will include guests and more in-depth looks at doing the right things in a way that you can maintain over time. Let's get started. Welcome to the Sustainable Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Sanders. Today, we are talking about meditation and burnout. Before we get into that topic, let's start with this week's glimmer as usual. Just a reminder that a glimmer is the opposite of a trigger. It's something small that happens that brings you joy, contentedness, peace, or gratitude. I believe those glimmers confirm we are on the right track towards making life sustainably productive. You may miss them or not trust them at first because you're used to feeling churned up and on fast forward. Let's cultivate these glimmers so you trust your instinct in finding small things or adjustments that create a life you don't feel like running away from. Cultivating them will help these small moments reveal themselves to you more often. Today's glimmer is hearing kids play outside. I don't know if you can hear them in the background, but if so, I'm not really sorry. (laughs) It's about nine o'clock in the morning on the day after Christmas, and it just warms my heart to hear kids being kids. It also makes me kind of wonder how I might be able to play today. These glimmers are really good reminders. On to today's topic of meditation and its role in preventing and healing from burnout. We often hear messages of rise and grind or get up and get after it, be a goal getter. But I want to suggest an easier, softer way of learning to be in the world because you can learn a new way. Well-being can be learned. It is not something you have or don't have. You can cultivate it in different ways, and the path we often do not choose is stillness. Why do you think that is? In my opinion, stillness is not valued in our culture. Letting go is not celebrated. Being okay with uncertainty and pain is not the Western way. But it is such a direct line to well-being. I suggest that it cannot be ignored. In the first half of today's episode, we're going to talk a bit about the research behind meditation as a balm to burnout, then talk about practical strategies in the second half. This topic came to my attention when I came across an article about a research study conducted with Buddhist monks. The idea behind the study is that we don't just sit around and feel pain. Instead, Our perception of the sensory environment or the pain is shaped by our own unique past experiences, current cognitive state, and future expectations. In his work, Thich Nhat Hanh has emphasized that the nature of our mental activity can be manipulated to promote self-regulation through the practice of mindfulness meditation. What this means is that meditation can help moderate the feeling of pain. Several studies that I'll link to in the show notes indicate that mindfulness meditation can reduce the effect of subjective experience of pain. 
The why is still under investigation. But here's where Coach Sue is going to step in with a bit of a pep talk slash reality check. Does it matter? (laughs) If you are in mental or physical discomfort, even pain, why would you not try a solution that is free and has literally no negative side effects? Are prescription drugs a better answer? The widespread use of opioids to treat chronic pain has led to an opioid epidemic characterized by exponential growth in opioid misuse and addiction. The staggering statistics related to opioid use highlight the importance of developing, testing, and validating fast-acting non-pharma approaches to treat pain. If you're not familiar with the details of the opioid crisis, I encourage you to read the book or watch the Hulu series called Dope Sick. It is, it's really devastating. Besides the management of pain, though, meditation improves self-reports of anxiety, depression, stress, and cognition. Mindfulness-related health benefits are associated with enhancements and mechanisms supporting learning, emotional emotional regulation, positive mood, and acceptance. So it doesn't have to be the relief of pain. It can also just be the promotion of positive aspects as well. And the beautiful thing here is there's not one magical way to do meditation. In the research that I read preparing for this episode, mindfulness has been described as a non-elaborative, non-judgmental awareness of the present moment experience. So nothing nothing drives home this idea of non-elaborative, non-judgmental awareness like watching the Netflix special Mission Joy, Finding Happiness in Troubled Times. It's about the friendship between Bishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama and their efforts to live with joy in the face of adversity. This show is a beautiful view into the fact that life is not all unicorns, fart, and rainbows, yet there are tools we can embrace to wear life a little looser so that we can find joy so that we can find those glimmers that we start every episode with. We don't have to have all the answers or any answers. We don't have to have everything or anything going our way. Things can be damn hard and we can still find joy or at least peace and contentment through getting still. If these two incredible world leaders, the Dalai Lama and Bishop Desmond Tutu, can do it through some of the suffering that they have lived through, surely I can use meditation to prepare for a busy day in corporate America, or a hard conversation with my spouse or kids, or an overwhelming day having to act like an adult in public. The first step to meditation is to let go of the need to pin down a specific explanation or definition. Meditation is agnostic. It's not tied to a certain religion. And the value is in the stillness, not in a specific technique. Some of you might find meditative benefits from doing the breathing exercises that were discussed on a previous episode. I'll link to those in today's show notes as well. But here are some ways the internet defines meditation. Thinking deeply about something. Focusing one's mind for a period of time. The act of giving your attention to only one thing, either a religious 
either as a religious activity or as a way of becoming calm and relaxed. To engage in mental exercise, such as concentrating on one's breathing or repetition of a mantra, for the purpose of reaching a heightened level of spiritual awareness. Or here's the sustainable Sioux definition, get still to get uncrabby. You might have visions of lying down to meditate, and many people do meditate lying on their back, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can sit cross-legged or kneel, you can stand still, or you can walk, or you can do simple tasks like washing dishes or sweeping. Sometimes I feel like lap swimming is very meditative. The one, two, three, breathe rhythm of lap swimming for me can be soothing enough to clear my mind if I let it. At the end of my yoga class, I'll lie on my back in Shavasana with the other students. But when I'm at home in my office, I sit in a chair. Sometimes I sit cross-legged, but often my creaky knees can't get there and I just sit with my feet flat on the floor. Next, consider how long and how often to meditate. You won't be surprised. There are no hard, fast rules. Richard J. Davidson is a professor of psychology and psychiatry at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and he's conducted research that says as little as eight minutes a day can show benefits. Of course, some people go longer. There's a fun anecdote about Gandhi saying at the start of one especially busy day, he said, I have so much to accomplish today that I must meditate for two hours instead of one. My goal is 10 minutes a day. It's an entry in my habit tracker. I enter the number, the number of minutes spent. Some days I just want to rip my skin off after seven or eight minutes and quit. Other days I can go 15 or 20 minutes. And some days I just miss it all together. But I notice when I miss it for sure. There is no equipment needed to get started. I use the timer on my phone, but some people have metronomes or gong type timers. I don't have prayer beads or special statues, but of course, if that works for you, go for it. When we come back for the break, I'm going to go through a meditation script with you for overcoming procrastination. It's just another tool in your toolbox that you can use for meditation to help prevent burnout. We'll be right back. While I know social media gets a bad rap, if it's used for good and not evil, social media can be part of a sustainably productive life. The Sustainable You Facebook community can be that hub for you. One stop for tips, inspiration, and support to help you create a life you don't need to escape. Search Facebook for Sustainable You Community or use the link in the show notes to join today. Now onto the meditation script for overcoming procrastination. This script is something that you will want to do when you're not driving, because I'm going to ask you to relax or close your eyes, relax your focus. So you can always come back to this in a future time where you are able to press pause a little bit on life. It doesn't have to be for a long time. Remember, research says eight minutes can get you some health benefits. Begin by finding a comfortable position and allowing your body to begin to relax. You may want to close your eyes or focus your gaze on one spot in the room. Turn your attention inward, noticing how you're feeling right now. Notice where your body is the most tense and take a few moments to relax these tense areas. Take a deep breath in 
And as you breathe out, lower your shoulders into a relaxed position. Breathe in again and relax your hands as you exhale. Relax your legs with your next breath. Relax your jaw as you exhale again. Keep breathing slowly and calmly, letting your body relax a bit more with each breath out. Release tension each time you exhale, feeling your body sinking, relaxing, becoming loose. Now let's talk about overcoming procrastination. The first step in overcoming procrastination is to examine the behavior. Think about some of the things you've been putting off. Now focus on just one of these tasks and think about the reasons for your procrastination. Why have you been putting this task off? There are a number of possible reasons you have been procrastinating. Here are just a few possibilities. Perhaps you've been putting off this task because it is something you do not enjoy doing. Maybe there are other activities that you choose to do first, and the task you procrastinate is not a priority. Maybe you fear failure. Perhaps you put off even beginning the task because you want to do it perfectly. Maybe the task is difficult. You may think you do not have time to do the chore. The task could be the one that will take a long time and you put off starting because you know you cannot finish right away. Maybe you are afraid of becoming vulnerable and opening yourself up for scrutiny. Perhaps you think the task does not absolutely have to be done yet and you will get to it closer to the time you need to have it completed. Do any of these reasons apply to you? Or maybe there are other reasons you have been procrastinating. For the next step in overcoming procrastination, now let's look at the results of procrastination. Think about the tasks that you tend to put off, the habits you have surrounding procrastination. What are the results of this procrastination? How does the act of putting things off impact your life? Most of the time, people find that putting things off simply increases stress. The task is even more difficult to do than it would have been if it was completed right away. And all the time the task is being put off, it causes stress. By doing the chore right away, the stress goes away. By putting it off, the stress remains until the task is done. Somehow, even though we know that procrastination causes stress, decreases performance, and makes us feel worse, we still continue to put things off. The causes of procrastination somehow seem more important than the costs. Overcoming procrastination is challenging. Overcoming procrastination may be difficult, but it is possible. Overcoming procrastination may be easier than you think. Overcoming procrastination is possible by addressing the causes of procrastination, the reasons we procrastinate. Looking at all the costs of this behavior and its negative effects are not enough. Let's look again at the causes of procrastination. Perfectionism, conflicting priorities, vulnerability, chores we do not enjoy. These things can be overcome. Overcoming procrastination is possible. 
overcoming procrastination is something you can achieve. Imagine a task that you have been putting off. Think of one specific thing that you have been meaning to do, but somehow just keep procrastinating. Notice the thoughts you are having as you think about this task. All the reasons you have been putting it off. All the excuses, the explanations. Now think about the reasons to do the task right away. Reasons to do the task within the next 24 hours. Which reasons are more compelling? The reason to do the task or the reasons not to? If there are more reasons not to do the task, perhaps it needs to be removed from your list of things to do. If there are more reasons to do the task, then the following affirmations can help with overcoming procrastination. I have been putting off this task and I am aware of the reasons I have been procrastinating, but I know this behavior only hurts me. When faced with doing things I do not enjoy, I will begin them right away and then reward myself afterwards by doing things I enjoy more. I can eliminate tasks that are not important and spending my time on the things that matter. I will not leave unimportant things on my to-do list to cause stress. I can choose how to spend my time. I do have time to get the important things finished, as long as I don't let other things take up this time. I spend my time on what matters. I know that procrastination only wastes time. I don't have time to procrastinate. I can start a task even if there is a possibility I may not complete it successfully. Putting the task off because I fear failure sets me up for certain failure, but if I try, I have a chance of success. Putting off difficult tasks only makes them more difficult. I am capable of completing this. I will feel better if I get started. I do not need to get this all finished at once. Starting is worthwhile even if I cannot get finished just yet. When I get started, I am further ahead than I was before. I can break this down into small steps if I need to, instead of seeing it as one insurmountable task. I can finish this, but only if I get started right now. Waiting to do a task and putting it off do not help me to get ready to do the task perfectly. Waiting to do a task and putting it off do not help me get ready to do the task perfectly. It only makes me stressed. I perform less well when stressed, and if I want to do my best, I need to complete things right away. I do not have to do things perfectly. Nothing is perfect. I can make my best effort, and that is enough. It's okay to do things imperfectly. In fact, doing things imperfectly is the only way to do them. I can plan for imperfection, and that is all right. Sometimes it seems easier to not even take things on because I feel vulnerable when I do. I allow myself to fear the criticism of others so much that I hold myself back. I have confidence to risk. I do not need to fear the consequences of trying because I know that the results of trying are going to be better than the results of procrastinating. Putting things off is not helping me or protecting me from scrutiny. Making a sincere effort is all I can be expected to do, and it is enough.
Even if I do not absolutely have to get the task finished yet, I know that the entire time between now and when the task is complete, it will be on my mind. When I'm finished the task, when I'm finished with the task, I will be free from it. I'll feel better if I get to it now instead of leaving it for later. I will do the things I have been putting off and I know I will feel much better when I do. Now that you've heard these affirmations for overcoming procrastination, just relax for a few moments, letting the ideas sink in. Simply rest. Simply relax. Continue to relax while I talk and continue to relax while I talk for a few more minutes to wrap up. Think of one thing you've been putting off. You know what you need to do. You need to begin this task within the next 24 hours. The only way to overcome procrastination is to take action. You can take action right now. You are ready to take charge and get rid of the stress. Get rid of the worry that has been hanging over you. You are ready to approach this task with confidence. Imagine what it is you need to do. Picture yourself doing this task. See yourself doing the task with confidence. Free from perfection. Free from worry about becoming vulnerable. Free from the need to do things perfectly. Free from fear of scrutiny, completing the task, and getting it out of the way. See yourself starting and completing this task. Imagine how good you'll feel when you are done. Imagine rewarding yourself by doing something easy and enjoyable when you have completed the difficult task. If the task is a large one, it's okay to take some time to complete it but you need to get started right away. Large tasks can be done in small pieces. Imagine yourself completing a large task piece by piece. See yourself starting the large project and doing part of it. Imagine how great it feels to get started. Seeing yourself starting the task, feeling proud of yourself for taking that step. Envision yourself completing projects bit by bit working away until they're finished. Imagine how good you'll feel to have started a difficult task. Allow yourself to be filled with feelings of accomplishment and confidence. Imagine how good you'll feel when you have finished the task, successful in overcoming procrastination. Even if the task was not enjoyable, imagine how great it feels to be done. Finished. Picture yourself as a person who always completes tasks on time, who gets started quickly and finishes tasks soon. Imagine that you are confident and enjoy taking on various projects. Imagine that you get started immediately without putting anything off. Create a picture of yourself as this person. You are this person. You have every ability to be this person. It feels great to allow this person to shine through, to let yourself 
Do the things that you need to do without holding yourself back. Let yourself fully embrace this positive behavior, overcoming procrastination, overcoming procrastination for good. Now that you have completed this relaxation exercise, give yourself a few moments to reawaken and get reoriented to your surroundings. Stretch if you want to, allowing your body to reawaken. Open your eyes, look around, returning to full alertness. When you are completely awake and alert, you can proceed with your day. Thank you for your time today. Until we meet next week, remember to create results in a way that you can sustain and that are productive for you. You have just listened to the Sustainable Productivity Podcast. If you liked what you heard, you might like what you read. Come to SustainableSue.com to read more and subscribe to have the weekly message sent to your inbox. You can also get show notes, including links to things discussed in the episode there. SustainableSue.com consider sharing this episode with a friend. The more you share the message about sustainable productivity, the more we can create a world where we are all more engaged in our lives. Keep going, friends. As Devin Durant says, small efforts sustained over time can produce significant results. Have a good week.